guys, it's Melissa. Since we're an independent podcast, your support means the absolute world, whether that's on social media, in a podcast review, or a word of mouth recommendation. If you've been enjoying this podcast and would like to take it a step further, I now have a support feature where you can contribute a one-time donation at whichever price you'd like. Click the link in the episode description to learn more. Thanks guys, now enjoy the show. The Sisterhood of the Bottomless Mimosa. Friends, welcome back to the pod. This is your host, Melissa, and you're listening to Mimosa Sisterhood. Today, you are in for quite the treat. I am going to be doing a mini-sode with Mel. This is my most recent series that I've launched for the show, and it's really just an opportunity for me to get on the mic and tell you little stories about my personal life so that you can get to know me a little bit better. And today, I'm going to be doing a very special Mother's Day-themed episode, and there's so many different directions I could have taken this in, but I decided to focus on birth because I have a lot of feelings about pregnancy, about motherhood, about being a mother, which I am not, (laughs) by the way. However, I just recently experienced a front row seat to my sister who ejected a baby out of her body right in front of my eyeballs. And it was literally the most batshit crazy experience I have ever gone through in my entire life. And I really don't think anything in the future will ever beat this level of batshit crazy. So, I've got a fun little story for you guys today, but of course, I'm going to do a little booze review, and I have something I'm so excited about. I can't exactly drink it during the episode because it's not in liquid form. What I am having today is a spiked Otter Pop. Yes, you heard that correctly. Do you remember Otter Pops back in the day? I used to eat like 30 Otter Pops in one sitting and then be spracked out of my fucking mind, bouncing all over the walls. Well, they're back, baby, and they're an adult version. So I was at Costco a couple of weeks ago and, you know, they're getting their summer goods ready. And I saw an enormous pack of Kirkland brand Otter Pops and I was like, ooh, Otter Pops, bomb. And then when I got closer to investigate, I realized they are filled with alcohol. And I was like, oh my God, we are taking Otter Pop to a new level. I'm here for it. So today I am eating the Lime Drop and it's just as citrusy and refreshing as you could ever imagine. I mean, there's really no other way to describe it other than a spiked lime otter pop. Now, I don't exactly understand what kind of alcohol is in here. Um, Oh, actually, this one says vodka with natural flavor and FD&C yellow number five, which I'm sure is poison. But, you know, you got to do it for the gram. They're so good. And they contain alcohol and they're fire. And I'm going to be putting these in an ice chest and taking them with me to the beach and taking down pops while I swim in the ocean. 
Like, this is incredible. So, highly advise if you have a Costco membership, get these for summer. They're a must-have. So, I'm going to take my last pop bite. Bomb, 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 bomb. All right. Let's do this, baby. So, here's the deal. Before I get into the birth story that I witnessed, my sister's birth, not mine, I feel like I need to provide a little backstory because I have never in my entire life wanted children. I feel like that's a very uncommon thing for most women in the world, or at least that's what we're bred to believe. Um, but I, it's true. I've was a child and told my parents and family members I didn't want kids. I was in high school, still didn't want kids. Was in college, still didn't want kids. And then I had like one brief moment where I was like, okay, I think I might be down with kids. And that was when my brother had his first child. So a baby entered the family and I was like, oh, interesting. Look at this small child. This is cool. Kind of, kind of exciting. Um, and I thought for a minute, like, okay, maybe maybe I will be a mom. And then that faded out over time. And now I'm almost 32 years old, you guys. I'm a couple months away from being 32. And, you know, you get to that place in your 30s as a woman where you realize the clock is ticking. It's so fucked up, but it's so true. And at the end of the day, the longer you wait means there could be more complications and that's not something that I want to face if I'm 40 years old and then finally get this strange urge to just like want to be a mom. And now it's like, well, fuck, I'm super high risk. You know, there's so many things that can go wrong. And now this entire motherly pregnant experience is a total stressful shit show. So it's like, what do you do when you're 32 and not dying to have babies, but realize that as time passes, your window just starts to get smaller and smaller and or larger and larger for complications. So it's just a fucked up thing. You know, apparently back in like the Jesus's days, we're supposed to be popping out babies at like 14. I get it. It makes sense. But it's 2021 and we, we aren't living our lives like that anymore. So on that note, Babies, motherhood scares the shit out of me. And for a number of reasons, I think I've always felt that being a parent is a huge responsibility, which like no shit, duh. But I think for me, like the the fear factor there is that I don't want to fuck somebody else up. You know what I mean? Like I myself as a grown adult am very very clear in understanding the ways in which I'm fucked up as a result of my own parents, as are my siblings. Like, this is very common knowledge for us. We talk about it on the daily. And it sucks. Like, from somebody that knows that they are, for the most part, have inherited a lot of mental health issues due to particular family dynamics that they were raised in, I don't want to put that on somebody else one day. I don't want to have a baby and a baby grow up and be like, damn, my mom fucking blew it. You know what I mean? So 
I don't know. Like, it's, I think just, like, the pressure and the stress of, like, what that responsibility means. And, you know, responsibility is huge. It's not like, oh, I have to, like, take care of you and feed you and use my finances to get you through life. No, like, that, those aren't the things I'm worried about. I'm worried about, like, fucking you up psychologically and emotionally because I don't want to carry that weight on my back for the rest of my life if I do have kids and that does happen. So I think that's, like, one major fear for me about being a mom. And then my second major fear is losing my freedom. You know, I'm not gonna lie. Being responsible of absolutely no one other than myself is amazing. I actually think of it as like a full-blown luxury. I don't have to deal with anybody, worry about anybody, stress about anybody. I can fucking hightail it out of town tomorrow without a care in the world. I really like that level of independence and freedom. I sometimes think about, you know, what would life be if I just was a free bird forever? I could travel. I could explore. I could have adventures. And that's very appealing to me. <laughs> that is very appealing to me. And I I know that there are a lot of people in the world that want to be mothers and want to have families. And it's very appealing to them to have children of their own and build families and have the house and go on the vacations and, you know, do the Christmas cards. Like, I get that those are things that a lot of people really look forward to in their lives. And I'm not saying that I don't. I'm just saying that there are some pros and cons to living that family life or skipping town and living that free spirit life. And I'm still weighing them out. <laughs> so, yeah, that that's that's. That's reason number two why I'm I'm still hesitant. And then reason number three is literally just giving birth. Like the the act of ejecting human life out of your open holes. Like I have so many horrific thoughts and feelings about that. Like the pain, the torture the surgical tools, like all the things. It's like a crime scene. Like if I somehow ended up in the movie Saw and I had to like literally chainsaw somebody's leg off in order to save my life, it wouldn't happen. I would die because I am not capable of like handling any kind of surgical experience. When I almost chopped my toe off last summer, I was gonna faint I, like, couldn't tolerate looking at the open wound. Like, I just can't handle it. Those are things I can't handle. Um, A couple months after that happened, my boyfriend got this, like, monstrosity of a thorn stuck up his shin. And I had to go in there with, like, a hot compress and, like, squeeze this fucking twig out of his leg. And when it started to rise to the surface oh my god nothing was more hideous in my entire life than that moment like I'm gonna turn around and projectile vomit everywhere so that's kind of my stance on like weird painful surgical related bodily situations 
So yeah, me, babies, motherhood, I've got a lot of weird things around it. I mean, the older I get, again, I'm I'm warming up to it. You know, like if my boyfriend and I end up getting married, we'll, we'll have children. So it's not like it's off the table, but because I am not in a situation where you know, birth is even something that would be considered, it's, I'm just keeping it on the back burner for right now. And this brings us <laughs> to my birth story, my anti-birth story. So be, now that I've like described all of this to you, the fact that I'm terrified of babies, about motherhood, about the actual act of birthing a child, how in the fuck did I end up in the labor and delivery room as my sister gave birth. And let me tell you, I didn't volunteer, not from the get-go at least, and it's pretty wild. And to be honest, I feel like it it happened as a purely universal fate where I was like put into this situation to face my fears that I've had for the past 30 plus years of my life. And it was a now or never moment that I had to man up and handle. And I did. So here's the story. My sister was pregnant and it was COVID time. Actually, this just happened. My sister gave birth January 2021. And being that it's COVID time, birthing mothers are only allowed to have one person in the labor and delivery room when they're giving birth. Now, if you'd seen this post about my sister on my social media, probably back in like November time, you would have seen the announcement that my sister got a sperm donor and therefore had a baby without a male figure in the picture. And so there's no dude, there's no dad. And so my sister was planning to have my mom be there with her in the labor and delivery room when she gave birth as her one guest. So all's fine and dandy, right? Until my sister has to get admitted to the hospital because she's actually going to be induced. And the exact day that my sister gets admitted to the hospital to be induced, my grandmother, my mother's mom, had a medical emergency and had to be rushed to the ER And the only person that could take her was my mom. So (laughs) my mom took my grandmother to the ER, which was jam-packed with people that had COVID who were sitting in the waiting room coughing up a lung and extremely ill and unwell. And it took, I think, almost six hours until my grandma was actually seen by a doctor. So my mom and my grandma had to sit in that waiting room for like six plus hours surrounded by many, many sick people with COVID. And so while all this is happening, my sister's admitted into the hospital and, you know, she's being induced. So that means that it's going to be quite a long time until it's time to start pushing. So, you know, we're not stressed yet. It's all good. You know, there's probably going to be a whole day that goes by until it's time, you know, to start dealing with babies. So nobody's really stressing out too much until my mom calls us and lets us know that my grandma has also now been diagnosed with COVID. 
which was a shock to everybody because what she had been admitted to the hospital for was 100% not COVID related. It wasn't in regards to any kind of COVID symptoms. It was something completely entirely different. And so we're like, I'm sorry, what? She has COVID? That's crazy. And the crazier thing is that only one person could have given it to her, which was her main caretaker, which is my mother. (laughs) So it's undetermined as to whether my mom asymptomatically passed COVID over to her own mother without knowing it. We're not really sure. It's a real big fucking mystery. But grandma got COVID. The only person that really could have given it to her was my mother, who's the only person that saw her on a regular basis for caretaking reasons. However, my mother has never had a single COVID symptom ever. So my mom had to get tested while she was at the hospital. However, her test results were not going to be delivered back to her for three days. So now we're fucked because my sister can't hold that baby in her body for three days when she's now like 12 hours into her induction. So that's where I come in. (laughs) That is where I come in. Now, when we figured out my mom couldn't be there, there was only one person left and it was me. And of course, I want to be there for my family. Of course, I want to be there for my sister. But I'm not going to lie. I was probably more terrified about that birth than my actual sister was. So I basically had to volunteer tribute. And I called my sister and was like, I'll do it. I'll be there. Let's do it. And so once shit started getting a little gnarly for her in the hospital, she called me and said, all right, get your ass here. Like, I need you. I need you. So I popped a Zanny, hopped in my car, drove to my hometown where my sister was staying in the hospital and spent the next 48 hours in a wooden pallet chair, basically having to remain calm for my sister who was actually experiencing this extremely insane scenario. I'm not gonna lie guys, I think I was in one of those like flight or flight moments where you just have to like man up and like not be a little bitch and just fucking do it. And so I somehow was able to get into that mindset and I did pretty well. Like I got there, I was there for her, I was there while all the things were happening, the contractions, the breaking of the water, the epidural. I was by her side through every stage of the delivery. And so all was well until the contractions started to get really bad. Every time a really big contraction came by, the baby had a little bitch fit and was like, not in my house, bitch. Literally. Like, the nurses were like, your baby's a diva. She wants things her way or the highway. Like, homegirl is pissed off that your body is bothering her warm slumber. And so, every time a contraction came, baby's heart rate would, like, drastically drop. And that was a very scary experience. And it was something that we could see happening on computer screens right there in front of our faces. And so talk about an anxiety attack. Like, how freaking scary is that? 
So anyway, after hours and hours of the contractions and this like never-ending anxiety of the baby's heart dropping, it was basically about to be go time. All right, it, you know, we've waited for this baby long enough. It's it's time to do it. And so they're getting everything ready. And like my sister's calm, I'm calm. And then right at this moment, all of a sudden out in the hallway, like a torture victim comes rushing through the hospital and she is screaming her motherfucking lungs off. Like this is a woman who is in extreme labor at this exact moment and is being like rolled down the hallway like a fucking bat out of hell. And she is squealing the sound that one could only imagine would take place in like a chainsaw massacre movie and my sister and I look at each other and are like oh no <laughs> like oh no. no 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 we can't do this we can't do this it's not gonna happen keep that bait keep those legs closed we're not gonna do that nobody's gonna go through that is it gonna be that bad are we gonna be screaming bloody murder like we can't handle that but you don't have an option and so we're just like trying to kick out the sound of this lady's horror ringing in our ears as doctors are coming in they're setting up their table i'm not joking you guys they roll in with like a metal table with like every torture device you could ever imagine laid out in rows pitchforks fucking six foot long scissors hooks knives like every literally like, I'm not lying like it, it's literally chainsaw massacre like what the murderer whips out before they just cut somebody's body up that's what they rolled into the room and I'm looking at all these tools and just thinking to myself holy shit are you kidding me like what are they gonna do to her body like what's happening so not good and my sister's in a shitload of pain and it's like we're all right get propped up on this bed they're calling in other nurses and they look at me and they're like all right well, we're gonna need your help and it's like well what do you mean yeah um you're gonna have to hold the leg like the leg i'm gonna have to hold a leg like what what do you mean hold a leg Oh, I had to again volunteer tribute and I had to hold my sister's left leg up into the air like a fucking happy baby in yoga while she pushed a human out of her body. Now, this is the crazy part. My sister was in labor for, I don't even know, I'd say like almost two days. We have not slept like, it's not, like, we're delirious. We don't know what's going on. We're just so scatterbrained and, like, life isn't even real anymore. Like, what's happening? And so, it's time to start pushing. Now, they do a practice push. They're like, we're going to do a practice push. One practice push so you can get the feeling down. It's going to be all right. Let's do a practice. Okay, ready? We're going to start our practice. One, two, three, practice push. My sister starts pushing and I'm, like, looking at the doctor who's basically like facing upward at me and her eyeballs get fucking giant enormous like a deer in headlights and I'm like oh my god what's happening and she basically says oh baby's coming baby's coming another nurse has to go get on a phone calls like a Stephanie somewhere and is like Stephanie you free we need you to catch a baby 
catch a baby for real catch a baby my sister got that baby halfway out of her body on the first practice push once stephanie came in to catch the baby like baby was being punted like a football all of a sudden my sister does one big enormous push and she shoots out of her body like Simba in the Lion King and the doctor is literally holding baby up in the air. Ah, Savannah! And baby is crying and I am literally about to drop dead of just like having no clue what I'm looking at. I was so confused as if like I didn't realize I just showed up to somebody's labor and delivery experience. I I don't know like what planet I was on in that moment, but I like felt like I got like knocked out and woke up and like had no clue where I was or what I was doing. And as soon as I saw the baby Simba up high in the air, I just started laughing my fucking ass off. I was howling in hysterical laughter and I have no idea why it was the only emotional response that I could have in that moment and honestly I think it's because it really felt like we were watching like a deer in the forest give birth and it was just like so National Geographic that I couldn't believe that I was actually witnessing a real life human be birthed into the world. Like, it, it wasn't real. It didn't make sense to me. And the only thing I could do was laugh my ass off. So my sister shot her baby out in, I think, like, two and a half minutes. And um, we did it. <laughs> and yes, I use the word we not lightly because I feel like this was equally my birth story. And it was a really petrifying, insane experience that I cannot believe I went through, cannot believe I saw and witnessed. And I, again, I don't think anything else in my life could ever be crazier than this moment of watching a baby get birthed into the world. Like, I don't think anything else could be more insane than that. Like, if, if it's out there, tell me what it is, because that was fucking mind-blowing. So baby was born. She, I think, was like five pounds or something. She was as pale as could be. I also had no clue that they don't wash babies off. They literally pull them out of your body and lay it on you like chunks and all. And then you're just supposed to like cuddle them like that. And like, when do they take a shower? They don't. When do they get washed with a washcloth? They don't body baby chunks just stay and they marinate and I don't know where they go but eventually they just like blend in with the bodies I don't know but at one point I was like so when are you gonna wipe this baby down and they're like oh we don't do that anymore um it just stays and I was like wow that is a very strange concept and then they put the baby under like one of those warm chicken coops. Like, did you ever go to the child science fair and go to that like weird half dome where all the chicken eggs are sitting there and they have a heater and they're like cooking? Yes, that is a real thing that human babies also go through. And that's another concept I can't really understand. Are they continuing to bake outside of the body? 
I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't know what that means. But yeah, it was very interesting watching the baby sunbathe in the first five minutes of her life. And yeah, she was fine. She was healthy. She was well. I got to hold her chunks and all. And then after about like two hours, I was like, I have to go home. Like, I have not slept. I cannot continue to inhale the air of birth. Like, I need to wipe my body clean of everything that went down in this room. And so I went home. And when I got home at eight o'clock in the morning, my boyfriend was still asleep in bed. And I was like, do not get near me. (laughs) I need to wash the birth from my body before you take a single step closer. Um, and yeah, it was really insane. So I think it's safe to say I faced my biggest fear of all time. I think I did a fantastic job while facing it. And if there's one thing that I've learned through that entire birth story, it's that I am not even remotely scared whatsoever to give birth now that I literally watched it happen and saw every detail, every step, every needle, every saw, every explosion, um, every bag of fluid, every organ dangling from a table. Now that I've witnessed it all, seen it all, and smelt it all, I am literally ready to fire a baby out of my cooter tomorrow. Like, come at me, bro. I don't even care. However, I am still a little worried about about the motherhood portion, but I will say I am getting along with my niece just swimmingly. I think she is a sweet angelic angel with some very, very feisty vibes, which is no doubt something that runs in the family. And um, maybe it would be cool to have one of my own one day. So... Yeah, I'm I'm warming up to it, you guys. I am warming up to it. And that's my that's my birth story, and I'm going to continue to call it mine because I think it's funnier to describe it that way. So yeah, on that note, happy Mother's Day. I hope everybody had a great Mother's Day whether you were celebrating it as a mother yourself or celebrating it with your mother. And thank you so much for listening to my anti-birth story. Uh, don't leave just yet. We have a very special voice message that we're about to play for you today from one of our Mimosa Sisterhood audience members who called in and left us a very awesome voice message with an incredible story to share with all of you today. I think you're really going to enjoy meeting this sisterhood member and learning about her and the incredible story she's going to be sharing with you today about a woman that she absolutely loves and admires. So without further ado, meet Brooklyn. Hey girl, hey, this is your girl Brooklyn from Iowa. I am calling to let you know, obviously, how much I love your podcast. I discovered you over quarantine and I fell in love with your message and learning about all of these amazing, empowering, and influential women. They've obviously made such a huge impact in this world and it's amazing to get to, you know, have that shout out to all of them. Um, I absolutely loved 
sitting out on my porch drinking wine while listening to your podcast and laughing along with y'all. And my neighbors probably thought I was a little crazy. Um, but it was literally like like talking to your best friend. Yeah, it was like a one-way conversation because I couldn't really talk to you guys. <laughs> but I also have an amazing, empowering, influential woman to shout out. I'm a nurse, and I work with another nurse. Her name's Jackie. She is in her upper 60s, and she's technically retired, but yet she works full-time, and she also has multiple jobs while retired. She obviously works at the hospital. She literally is there four to five days a week, often 12-hour night shifts. She runs a farm. She helps out with the 4-H club, which is, if you don't know what that is, it's like um, empowering younger kids, youth, um, in agriculture and farming. She also substitutes as a school nurse, and she helps with the CNA classes, all while freaking being retired. Um, we literally joke that she never sleeps. Um, she is an amazing, hardworking person and one of the best nurses I've had the opportunity to learn from. And this lady literally knows her shit, especially when it comes to emergency situations and emergency drugs. Possibly sometimes better than the doctors, but I didn't say that. Um, but I've also experienced in a code situation. I was like brand new to this hospital, brand new nurse too. And they sent me over to the ER. They had a code situation. Um, just, they'd like, we're like, oh yeah, just watch, just get the experience in that. And I come over and, you know, she's doing her thing, bagging the patient, all that. And she needs a few things. She needs a Foley put in, all of this stuff. And I don't know where anything is. And she is calm as crap telling you what she needs and where to get it and how to do it or whatever it is that I didn't do ever before, which I've put a Foley in. But there's other things. Um, and she just so calm, so calm. I, that's literally a skill right there. And she jokes all the time and calls herself an old Florence. And if you don't know what that reference means or who Florence Nightingale is, I highly recommend checking her out. She was basically one of the first technical nurses ever. And she actually is responsible for many great nursing advancements, including turning nursing into a recognized profession and just completely changing the face of nursing. Previously to her, to become a nurse, you simply got hired on at a hospital and you followed another quote-unquote nurse and you learned from them. And the nursing role during this time was not glorified by any means. They, their main job was really bathing patients, toileting them, cleaning their rooms and all of that. And, you know, obviously reporting back to the doctor if there's anything needing to be, but they didn't have like a huge role like they do now in caring for the patient. I mean, that is a huge role, but it's, it's just the nursing profession has completely changed and it's literally because of her. Um, she started making simple observations while, you know, in training and while in the Crimean War in 1950s. Um, she, you know, observed that patients were not getting better. They were getting often you know, sick, er, and dying, and she correlated that with a few things, including the environment, you know, the cleanliness of it, how we were cleaning the patient's rooms, how we were doing dressing changes, and all that. So, 
literally what we would consider common sense nowadays about cleaning with a wet rag versus just dusting with a dry rag into the air or opening up windows or, you know, those very basic things is common sense to us nowadays. But back then, this was revolutionary and it's all because of her. And I don't know if she gets enough recognition outside of the nursing um, profession for this, but she literally wrote a book on this. She's got a big old book that you can find out there, and it's just ironic how simple of things that she was like, yeah, no, we're doing this wrong, but it was not common sense back then. But that's not the only thing. Like I said, she turned nursing into a profession, and how she did this was she was the first person to open up like actual schools for nurses to learn the profession. And she literally, you know, through educating nurses, properly educating them, putting through them through an academy and training before going to the hospital, she created nursing into a profession and one that was now actually recognized and nursing was getting the respect and the recognition that they deserved. And later on, obviously, would take on many more roles and continue to change. But literally, she was the one who started all of that. But now you can see why my favorite and most inspiring nurses are both very similar. And how her references to her being an old Florence makes a lot of sense. That was also a lot for one voicemail. And there is so much more to be said about Florence. I would absolutely love to chat with you more about these amazing women and can't wait to check her check out your next podcast and hopefully one day hear about her and these amazing women on your show. Thank you guys so much for tuning into another episode on Mimosa Sisterhood podcast. If you are interested in leaving a voicemail to be featured in one of these mini sewed with Mel episodes, you can call us at 562-270-4914, or you can even head over to our Mimosa Sisterhood Facebook page and you can leave a voice message through Facebook Messenger. And that option will allow you to leave a much longer message than the voicemail, which caps off around two and a half minutes. So if you are interested in calling in, I would absolutely love to hear your voice and share your story on the podcast. You can shout out a special woman in your life that you believe deserves a little bit more recognition. Or you can just say hello, tell me how you found this podcast, and tell us a story about your life because we want to meet our sisterhood friends. All right, guys, thank you again so much. If you haven't yet, swing by Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and review. And be sure to share our episodes on social media. It is such a fantastic way to spread the word about this show and help us gain more visibility out there in the big, giant, scary world. All right, I will see you guys next week. Bye.